You're listening to the Crowned One Podcast on the Stream Grace Network. Hello, welcome to Crown One Ministries podcast with Stephen and Rebecca Cunningham. Good morning. How's everybody doing? We just wanted to say thank you again for joining us as we come together and try to link the body, unite the body. We want to link arms. We want to do these things together. We want to present a united front to that enemy that's trying to destroy us all. So welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us as we do these podcasts. We just want you to know the people that we're interviewing. We want you to know what they're doing, what they're about, and want you just to uh, be a part of what they're doing. They're doing some great things. And uh, Rebecca looks absolutely amazing today. So <laughs> how's your day going, Rebecca? I'm doing great today. I'm looking really forward to this interview. Awesome. Great. And so today we have a very special guest who's a dear, dear friend of ours. Yes. Uh, we just... Uh, I mean, he speaks more into our life in one hour than a lot of people do in a year. So we just really appreciate um, having conversations with this uh, wonderful man of God. So I want to bring in uh, Mario Murillo. Mario, are you there? Well, Steve and Rebecca, this is great. I'm really happy to do this. Awesome. We are so thankful that you have have, uh, have some time to, to take with us and spend with us as we talk about some amazing things going on uh, in the kingdom and what you guys are doing. You're doing such amazing things. Now, is it true right now you have a you have a tent getting ready to a tent revival going in New York? We had uh, an astonishing breakthrough up in the north, in the western section of the state of New York. We did a brunch expecting about 200 liters a thousand showed up oh my goodness and then we had to turn a hundred away so 1100 liters tried to get there and they were there because they heard that we wanted to bring our tent everybody said the area was hard it's burned over but nobody could explain why it happened and uh, I gotta tell you I just want to add one little simple thing Last February, Billy Burke was on Flashpoint with us and we were, he's being interviewed and all of a sudden he looked at me and he said, Mario, there's coming a point where everything you do would be, you're going to do it exactly the same, but there's going to be this massive current of water behind the ministry and it's going to propel the momentum and you will not have done anything different. But then he talked about David and the breakthrough of water and uh, Baal Parazim in the Bible. Uh, So months go by and, you know, I was very much believing that whatever that word was would be manifested. So we did everything the same in New York in a hardened area. We didn't do anything special, but this torrent of interest in revival broke out up there. And we ended up with a brunch with people from 15 different states in the Northeast. And then uh, when I got there, I realized that Batavia, New York, right by Buffalo, is where Niagara Falls is. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you made it all the way up to Niagara. <laughs> and and so that was the water that Billy Burke saw, this wow. massive gust of water. Oh, that's that's awesome. So this Sunday night, our tent crusade begins in Batavia, and they're coming from all over the East Coast, expecting miracles. Praise God. That is so awesome. You know, 
just just the, the, the thought of that is amazing. I can't even imagine the 100 that you had to turn away. I'd have been like Zacchaeus. I would have climbed up a tree or something just to be a part of what was going on. But um, so when when actually is the tent event? Because I saw some postings. I saw online that people were actually going to your tent before anything was going on and using it as a place for prayer. Is that right? That's the other thing. The other gusher, the water that Billy Bird saw was on September the 20th of virtually two weeks, almost two weeks, 13 days before the crusade, they decided to put up the tent. And so the tent went up by acclamation and they started prayer meetings in the tent and hundreds began to show up. Now, mind you, this is not the only meeting going on under our tent. In dozens of churches at the same time, the fire of God is falling. We're getting reports from the fire of God falling uh, from churches that are uh, 90 minutes away from the tent. And so they're all anticipating. So they began to believe God for miracles and several hundred were in the tent. And so... I looked at it and I thought to myself, these people think the crusades already started. (laughs) And ironically, September 20th was the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. They didn't know that when they started. And, And so there is something going on up there. And it's way bigger than Mario Murillo. It has very little to do with me. I think it is the first major backlash of hitting um the first so, major, the first major backlash of what i'm sorry we, we lost you for a second against wokeness oh. against the forced uh violation of our rights people are fed up they're sick of it they've had it wow and and i really believe that we're watching the christians up yes. in the between buffalo and rochester they're fed up with the whole thing and they're ready for hope. Amen. And and the scary part is they're not just fed up with the left Democrat party violation of rights. They're also fed up with compromised preachers. Yes. Oh, they, yes. they want the fire. The church is standing and, and, up. And, yeah. Awesome. That is, that yeah. is so good. And now you're talking about a deeply blue state there. So you're, you're going like right in the heart of that. Yeah. You know, the Lord isn't letting me do anything. (laughs) It's so funny. I came from our 10 crusades in California to New York. And, and so I'm, I'm amazed that both of these are the deepest blue States in America. And yet these are where the crowds are overflowing the tent and people are getting healed and saved in numbers that haven't been seen in decades. Wow. That is awesome. And it makes you wonder a little bit, like those deeply blue states, and you're having such a huge turnout of believers that it's uh, most of those deeply blue states, in my opinion, are so covered by media uh, that is far left that we don't really get to see uh, or hear the voice of those believers until something like you're doing actually happens where they can actually go and present themselves. Well, one of the things that is interesting about the way God is working in the blue states is that he's using signs and wonders. Now, to be honest with you, and some folks listening aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but our movement, 
the spiritual movement is fraught with emotionalism. Right. And okay. sometimes we'll parade a hyper emotional event and call it a miracle or make up something in our mind and call it a prophetic word. And so some Christians are so hooked on prophetic words now that they've turned this gift almost into a daily horoscope. Wow. That's and, true. And one of the disconnects, uh, of course, is that we're not in the Bible. We're having uh, out of Bible experiences. And, <laughs> and the issue becomes that we don't need to cheapen it. We don't need to uh, market it, dilute it, deceive the audience. We had a, in Sacramento, another, you talk about blue, uh, that is the capital of California. That's where Gavin Newsom lives. In that city, we did it. We had a tent crusade in August, and a man came from Minnesota to the tent who had fallen on rebar in a construction site and it punctured his lung. He lost 90% of the use of his lungs. The Spirit of God revealed his condition, and the Lord came upon the man, and his lung was restored. Wow. He's praise God. Got. It's and so the the fact is this man was not only dramatically healed he he went back and told everybody just like in the Bible they say they went everywhere and told everyone he he went back to Minneapolis another blue city <laughs> and and started telling everyone about his healing so we did Flashpoint our our weekly show with the Victory Network Victory Channel live in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And I was up there and I was, uh, and Gene, we did, we're on the stage and Gene goes, Mario, tell us about some of the miracles in the tent. And we had 4,000 people in the audience. And And I'll mention why that's important. So Gene says, tell us about the miracle that happened. I said, well, this contractor from Minneapolis uh, fell on rebar. His lung lost 90% of the use of it, had only really one lung he could breathe through, and he was instantly healed. And all of a sudden, in the audience, the man was there and stands up and starts yelling. It was me. It was me. That's awesome. And the spotlight turned on him, and all of a sudden, it went worldwide. Oh, well, cool. signs, wonders, and miracles done with dignity, validity, and confirmation are the way that God will break the atheistic, perverse spirit that's over America. Because it's undeniable. You know, they hated Christ from the beginning. But they couldn't stop him because the dead were being raised, the lame were walking, People were receiving healings of leprosy, blindness, and everything else. And I really feel that God wants us to pay the price to fulfill what Christ said. If you believe in me and the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Amen. I really believe that that is the, uh, that's, that's the answer. Amen. You know, and that... Speaking of Flashpoint, uh, you had hinted to us something amazing is going to be happening on Flashpoint. What's that going to be? Well, Donald Trump 
is going to be interviewed tonight on Flashpoint. Uh, that is awesome. <laughs> Donald Trump is yeah. going to go on Flashpoint. That's great. Yes, he is. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really amazed that he agreed. And I think it says something about what the show has become. Absolutely. It, it is it has become a force the, the flashpoint army is a real deal and i think trump recognizes that hundreds of thousands of people are watching and uh, that you know he can he can and what i'm going to love is we want to pray for him oh yeah you know we want we, you know we want to tell donald trump tonight we want to tell him you stood for us. Now we're going to stand with you. That's great. Amen. That's awesome. That's yeah. So that's uh, that's really exciting tonight. You know, awesome. People are looking for what's authentic, like what you're saying. Donald Trump is not going to be easily fooled by some smoke and mirrors nonsense that we do with our falling down and shaking and rolling. That's not real. Yep. He's not going to fall real. for something like that, and he'll call us out on it too, as he should. Yep. <clears throat> well, early in Pentecost, people would have meetings where the power of God would hit them and they would roll across the floor, but it was because God was, his power was rolling them across the floor. Right. And then, and, and they got called holy rollers. What I'm against is the unholy rollers. Yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You mean rolling across the floor, trying to make the power of God fall. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I, I really want to just comment on that that in early Pentecost, there was so much validity. That's why the movement grew to 600 million worldwide is because it was valid. And yes, there were things that God did that people didn't quite get, but they were real. Yes. And, and what's happening is they were reacting to the manifestation of the power of God. Emotionalism is when you're acting, trying to get the power of God yes. to do something. So it's not a response to God's power. It's a, it's a trance you're getting into is something you're trying to work up and we don't we have to do that. No. Amen. no. People see through that anyway. Yes, they do. And I think that's one of the problems in our movement is that we're no longer examining ourselves to say, how do we look to the outside world? And, and immediately some hyper emotionless is gonna accuse me of saying, oh, you're just compromising. Those people aren't offended, they're under conviction. No, <laughs> Paul would tell you, they just think you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> right. He said, it, and, and he did a comparison. He, he did it uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul said, look, if all of you are just crying out in tongues for no reason, and I believe in tongues, and we pray in tongues in our tent crusade, but he said, if, if that's all you're doing and someone walks in, they're gonna think you're crazy. Right. But he said, if you give a prophetic word that's from God, then someone will walk in and the secrets of their heart will be revealed and falling down on their face, they will declare that God is in among you for a truth. And that's really, that's the difference. Amen. And, and for too many years, the church has had to decide between either emotionalism or a complete restriction of the gifts of the spirit. And that restricting the gifts of the spirit, you know, 
says, let all things be done decently and in order. Yes. The first part of that verse says, let all things be done. So here's, yeah. here is the heart of God. Let's study and learn and submit and, and search the scriptures and wait on God and see what would please God so that the Holy Spirit would move in power in our midst. And it's laziness, carnality, and this obsession with quick answers and quick growth right. that is is costing us everything. Well, and along those lines, you talked a minute ago about us being willing to pay the price. Um, what is What do you think is paying the price so that we can see this authentic move of the Spirit of the Lord? Well, I really believe that the first thing we got to do and and uh, Uncle Andrew Womack would agree violently with this. <laughs> yes, he okay, would. I already know. <laughs> is that we got to get back in the Word Amen. of God Amen. and quit thinking we know better than the Word and quit in intimating that there's something higher than the Word. Amen. No, see that that's where it, we we lost it. We lost the Word of God and the the confession of the Word of God as being true and real. And then the second thing is, I really believe that most preachers today um, have lost their fervor and their hope because they don't know what God has called them to do. Yeah, it's very interesting. Acts 16, and I'll, I'll make this quick. Paul tried to go to Mysia, tried to go to Bithynia, tried to go to Arabia, and the Spirit of God said no. Well, God is, was he wrong? Was he missing God? No, he was in motion and trying to do something. That's the only people God ever leads. Right. Why would God lead somebody who is totally immobilized when there's someone available who's on the move? Right. So the, the pressing in and seeking God and this expecting miracles. So the power of it was, and this is this is really uh, a, a you know to me this has been life changing and I hope the audience will get some out of it and I'll say it as fast as I can. After Paul tried to go to these places, he went to sleep. He had a vision of the man from Macedonia, and the Bible says that Paul he heard the man say, "Come over and help us." Now I'm gonna I'm gonna just focus on that for a minute. What is the gospel? It's help. It's the help we need. Yes. It's what Black Lives Matter. It's what a vaccine. It's what leftist socialism will never give society. Right. It will never give them anything but misery and pain and disappointment. It is a poison well. But the gospel touches so directly what America needs right now. Amen. And I tell people all the time, that guy, that guy said in the vision, come over and help us. America needs help. And if pastors and leaders and young preachers would say, I want to get that mandate from God to help somebody, to bring the power of the gospel to somebody. Well, let me finish. They, the Bible says they made, made a decision to go to Macedonia because we concluded that God had called us there. I think people wait for money. 
they wait for opportunity. They wait, you know, uh, young preachers today, they want to be in the large mega church because they think they'll make another connection, get a big offering, and my book will start selling. <laughs> that is so carnal yes. and opposite New Testament Christianity. I don't know where to begin. Right. What every preacher needs is to have God tell them, you belong in this city. Absolutely. And and forget whether there's money, whether there's favor, whether there's even an open door is irrelevant. You are possessed of the knowledge that God sent you there. And that's when the miracles start to happen. You know, I tell preachers all the time, I said, you know, Germany did not invite General Patton to come there. And we're an army and we're constantly going for the soft targets. We're going for the easy, low-hanging fruit instead of saying, God, take me somewhere where I can fulfill the gifts of the Spirit, which say the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God that are tearing down a stronghold. So we're limiting God. You know, that's that's something else that Uncle Andrew would say. <laughs> we're limiting God. Absolutely. And we got to take the limits off of God. Man, that's the story of his life lately. He said... God told me, you're thinking too small. Don't limit me. You're thinking too small. And to look at him, you sure wouldn't think so. That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) How did your... That's exactly uh... (laughs) right. I'll tell you what. When I went went up there to his campus and I thought to myself, Lord, I have got to change my thinking on this. There are millions of people to reach. And, you know, your vision just soars after you've been up there. Because he didn't have two pennies to rub together he would tell you look at that place i was, <laughs> was going to ask you about how your experience went when you went up there to speak on on 9-11 but you know i think the other day you said it, it, it flipped your life upside down <laughs> yep i went up there and i had a message that i felt was controversial and uh, but uh i and i i just went after it i i told people we're not peacetime pastors anymore we're all wartime pastors yes and and we can't live the way we lived before we can't function the way we were before and i likened the church's situation to 1941 when dupont and boeing and uh uh henry ford uh were visited by Franklin Delano Roosevelt and said, we have got to build the American war machine to save freedom. Well, right now, it doesn't matter if you're Baptist, Foursquare, a Methodist, whatever, it's nothing. It's irrelevant. And you know, these men in 1941 thought, well, I've got a big company to run. And Roosevelt had to convince them. He said, you will have no company at all and your grandchildren will live under tyranny if we don't win this war. Well, that's the message of this hour. Absolutely. I I hear a pastor say, well, I can't get involved politically because I gotta protect my church. You're destroying your church. You're literally not awake to the fact that you will have no church you know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble, but you two are going to thank God and protect them from what I'm about to say. America needs to understand what a Trojan horse is. It's when something 
that comes in as a gift turns out to be terrorism to destroy you. And I really believe that there's too much of what's going on right now that just feels staged, it feels manipulated. And for example, you take critical race theory. The first people that should be attacking critical race theory today are black people. They right. should be number one in line. Right. They said, wait a minute. Right now, you're saying all white people are bad. Okay, that's what you're saying. And even though I'm black, I sh I'm very nervous about that because what's being set up is a mechanism, a mechanism to give an educational racism. And today it's against white people. But who's to say that down the road that doesn't flip? And the same mechanism applies to allowing them to control. You know, I, I, I would be first in line if we had a valid vaccine. I would be first in line and give my arm if it was like the, the polio vaccine or other. But the fact is that in the time that we're living right now, it's the way it's being marketed like the mark of the beast. I want to talk to these leftists and say, do you know how you look to Christians when you say, if you don't take this jab, you can no longer buy and sell? You know that to us? That sends the smoke alarm of the book of Revelations off for us. Yes, yes. And so here's the point. We are, we are as a society, either going to cast off these convenient restraints. Today you get a check, but then you stop losing your will to work. And you, you start realizing that the government is using fear, the fear of a disease, that 98.5 people that get it survive. The fear of global warming, that is a major fear of our youth. But what they're not looking at, and this is the, the distraction, is we got to deal with these things. So you see, it's for your safety that mm -hmm. we're in. We're raising this level of government involvement in all your decisions. It's for your safety. And then all of a sudden, that fear becomes the currency. It's the breath of the beast. It's the thing that will ultimately rob you of your freedom. And that's why pastors and Americans got to wake up. This is not right. Amen. That is that, and that is well said. And there are so many things going on right now that should be eye opening. I mean, to everyone. I yes. saw I saw two clips yesterday. One of them was the uh, mayor of Chicago. She had a press conference, and she was saying, and, and don't quote me on this. I'm paraphrasing. She said, "When we would just embrace this one world society, mm -mm -mm. this one world system," and I can't remember the exact phrase. And then, and then one of the uh, uh, leaders in Australia. The news clip of her saying this you know when we get everyone on board and everyone embraces this one world society so just those things right there in themselves you know and much less people seeing that this you know the whole uh the fear to wear masks the fear to be injected the fear to do all these things it's all fear-based and we all know that fear is not from god so just yeah anyone that hears that should have their eyes open their ears perked and, and we we honestly expect this kind of rhetoric coming from the world. They're they're just doing what they do, but when we right. hear it coming from Christians, it should alarm us, and it should cause us to stand up and be brave and go no, and to also help the other Christians to see 
you know, like you're talking about these churches, you know, I'm going to lose my church members. Yeah, you've already lost your church members. They're there for your coffee because you're not feeling That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's another, uh, I was talking to a Christian and about the, the jab, and um, I didn't want to say pro or con. I wanted to get inside of their reasoning. And the first thing they told me was, well, if it was the mark of the beast, there's no way I would take it. So I said, then why did you take it? It's because you actually believe it worked and it's going to keep you healthy. I said, it's because you found out you couldn't go to Starbucks. I said, and if you can't give up coffee, how are you going to withstand the mark of the beast? Right. I said, you're sitting here telling me that you're going to, you're going to say no to the beast when you can't even say no to Starbucks. Right. That's, that's, that's a very good, good phallus. You know, there has to be something new done. And, and you yep. and I were talking the other day and, and, and if you would, wouldn't mind elaborating on that a little bit about digging a new well, that just spoke volumes to me. Well, yeah. And, um, it's again, many people that I admire and respect are constantly saying we need to redig the wells of revival. Well, it's, it's not that they're bad or, 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 you know, it's just that they haven't looked deeply into the subject to realize why that isn't the case. You see, when Isaac, which was the model for that verse, everyone says Isaac redug the well of his father Abraham, and you hear it all over the place, man. That's what we got to do. But you didn't read it thoroughly enough because the Bible says that after he dug that well, all the tribes contended with him for that well. They fought him over it. Now this is the interesting thing. When you try to recreate the Azusa Street Revival or the Welsh Revival, or you try to redig an old revival, the people that admire that revival or were in that revival will have an idealistic view of what it was like, a possessiveness about it, and a religious tradition of how it should be done again. And it literally fights debate. Like for example, it was many people were in the charismatic revival, all of a sudden saw kids with long hair and no shoes on and preached against them, not realizing that that was a revival. Well, they're trying to redig an old well. Now, Isaac learned he couldn't do it, so he dug a second well. They fought over that one, and the third well, they said, the Lord has made room for me. So here's what I believe, and we're watching this in in New York where I'm preaching this Sunday, is that they're constantly bringing up Charles Finney because he had such a powerful result up there. So and, and, uh, so the the way it ends up is this, God, wants to do a new thing. What I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the mind of man, those things God keeps ready for those who love him. Another verse, he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways. Whenever possible, God will do it, revival in an original way that will not look like any prior revival. The only carryovers you'll see in revival is repentance from sin, the gospel being preached, and miracles, signs and wonders, and the presence of God mightily in the meeting. And, and of course, Bible teaching. But 
other than that, the style will change, the music will change. And I was talking about redigging the wells of, of revival, and I said, when was it ever done successfully? I said, today the Azusa Street Mission is a parking lot. Yeah. Has anyone gone there and resurrected that fire? No. Mm-hmm. Has anyone gone to Wales and brought back the fire of the wells of Evan Roberts? No. And the same is going to happen. You're going to postpone revival. If you keep thinking, we're going to drill in, in an old site and try to get a new result. God wants to bring revival in a new way. Yes. And in my instance, the Lord is sending me to the cities that have never had revival. That's an amazing thing. That is amazing. It is. I heard Bill Johnson say one time that, that people from previous revivals are rarely involved in new ones, the new thing that God is doing, because it's almost impossible to change that mindset, like what you're talking about. And uh, exactly. this is not Charles Finney's day. You know, this is the day and that I'm watching. Mario yes. Marillo was born to be on the earth and, and be there in New York for this time. And, you know, I remember... Uh, you know, the Jesus movement was fought by the traditional Pentecostal church. Right. Now, though the aging uh, men and women of the Jesus movement are in a way making statements like, yeah, but it's not like what we saw. It's not, Mm. it's not as great as what we saw. Right. And they're getting that same hardening of the attitude that they don't realize that God is going to do a new thing. Amen. One of my favorite quotes that uh, from you was, you know, when we were talking was, we have to kill sacred cows, yep. you know, in order to get revival and to do these things. So, you know, it's just people want to hang on to tradition. You know, Hezekiah, uh, um, he had to destroy the bronze serpent that was used in the wilderness and it was called Nehustan, and they began to burn incense. You know, when Moses was instructed by God to create a bronze serpent on a stick and raise it up, and when everyone that was dying of snake bites looked at it, they would be healed. Well, after that method was gone, they kept that artifact and actually began to worship it and burn incense to it. And so it had to be destroyed before there was a new outpouring yes. of God's glory on Israel. So that that's, I mean, I don't know of a greater example wow. than that. That, is, that. Right. That is great. Right. And the, you know, and the world really has never cared about our sacred cows. You know, they've, they've no. uh, already killed them, filleted them and eaten those, you know, they don't right. care about that. But so it's going to have to happen with us. God's people going to have to happen with us. Yes, you're absolutely right. And and the thing is that people always wonder why revivals are caused by the last people you would ever expect. Right. You know, they, they, they ask him, why did God pick that guy or that person? Right. Because they were so marginalized that they had no uh, no hesitancy to obey God. They had nothing to lose, and they had no one to please. They didn't care. And so in that depth of being neutral, 
they became absolutely susceptible to the moving of the Spirit. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Well, that's good. Well, really quickly here, what are you uh, – so you have New York here, and that's uh, from the 3rd through the 6th. Is that correct? That is correct. We're, the property is Cornerstone Church, Batavia, and uh, in, they have several acres, and we're using their land. And, uh, and we start Sunday night at 6.30 Eastern in in uh, Batavia, New York, which is dead center between Rochester and Buffalo. Wow. Oh, okay, and for our uh, audience across the nation here, do you have any idea where your next event will be following that, or is that still in the works? We're going to do an event in Oklahoma. Yes, we <laughs> yes, are. Yes, sir, you are. <laughs> we are going to do it. We, we and, have, uh, yes, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we have the encounter, Oklahoma City 2, because we had number one last year, and this will be in March the 24th, 25th, and 26th. And speaking there will be Mario Murillo. We'll have Andrew Womack. We'll have Lance Walnow. Myself and Rebecca will be there, uh, Marcus and Sharon Wick, and Rich Van Winkle. So, listen, last year was just amazing, and unfortunately, Mario couldn't make it due to a death in his family. Uh, and Lance graciously stepped in, and we had you know such a great time that Mario will be there this year, and Lance is coming back. And I tell you what, I can't wait to see those three together. It's just going to be absolutely amazing. <laughs> I know. I, I am gonna. I'm gonna marvel at that. That's going to be quite. You know, I think we're going to, I think uh, these three converging together into Oklahoma City, I, something's got to give, you know, I, I'm a, something has got to give. I'm going to call it Hurricane Awakening. because Yeah, it's, yeah something like, yeah. yeah. That's what we want. Stephen and I have been praying for years and years. We're like, God, we want to be ground zero for what you're doing in Oklahoma because he gave us the heart for Oklahoma and Oklahoma City. So this I is, love it. This is awesome. This is where we're supposed to be, and you guys are coming, and that's such a blessing. And and so, if someone wants to link arms with you and your ministry, what website would they go to 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 get involved yeah. with you? If they would go to mariomarillo.org, that's all they need, and it'll give them a window to everything that's happening. There'll be the constant updates of the the national movement that's afoot right now. It's really amazing. Awesome. And what about your books? Now, I've read just about, I think, every book you've written, but are, can you just run down a couple of your books real quick for people that are wanting, you know, they, 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 if this is the first time they're listening to you, I guarantee they're going to be wanting more. <laughs> yeah, and all those books are available at our website. But if, if I were to say you love revival, you need to read Critical Mass. Uh, that book has sold over a quarter million copies worldwide. Praise God. That is awesome. Yeah. That's what and and that, that would be one. Next is Fresh Fire, which, uh, you know, nobody was saying Fresh Fire until after that book was written. And now if Fresh Fire is everywhere, I wish I could get a royalty on <laughs> every time somebody used <laughs> Right. You but, start thinking uh, a new one up. But that book... Uh, it it also went over two hundred thousand in in sales. The current book that's out is Vessels of Fire and Glory, and the essence of that book is very simple: that God is pulling people to Himself, 
to give them nation saving skills Mm -hmm. that Christians are being raised up to understand how God will get rid of the yoke of woke that's on America. <laughs> You're going to be getting royalties on that one here pretty soon. Yeah, you need a bumper yes, sticker. Yes, that was mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, woke is just a cheap imitation of being awakened. Yes, it is. Yes. Could yes, you- yes, it is a total perversion of uh, everything Jesus taught and everything that America represents. Yes. You talk about this a lot in your podcast. They can find that podcast on your uh, website, too. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel that um, last 30 days, we've had two and a half million views at our wow. YouTube channel. That's amazing. And uh, people are hungry. They're, they're hungry for it. And that's Mario Murillo, our you know ministries. And that's our YouTube channel. And we thank God for what he's doing. Awesome. That is so great. We are so thankful that yes. you're doing what you're doing. You're doing what the Lord has asked you to do and that you did try to go in retirement. And I think the Lord called you out, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, son. I was going to ease up a little bit. Oh. And, and, oh, well. and I want to tell you that I thought that I wouldn't be relevant to young people, but that's who's getting saved. That's great. And I said, well, God, why, you know, I, I was a part of the Jesus movement and was a youth evangelist at the University of California, Berkeley. And all those years we reached college age, high school age, it's come all the way back. This time the, the voice is not from their generation, but from the heart of the father. Amen. And that's, that's what's doing it. Yes. That's an amazing, and so yeah, I'm instead of relaxing, I am reloading. <laughs> instead of retire, it's refire. That's what you do. Exactly. Yeah, what it is. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, we, you know, Rebecca and I, we just love you to pieces, we and we are always. If there's anything that we can do, or our church here, we have a church here, the Sanctuary, Oklahoma City. Uh, we, whatever we can do to help you, let us know. But we are behind you, and we are praying for you and what you're Thank doing you. and what yes. you're doing and please love on your wife for us and i will yes and we will talk to you just uh we're going to go ahead and i'll get right back with you in a minute as we close this out thank you very much sir thank you sir my honor <laughs> okay so there you have it we uh one of the voices right now out there that is proclaiming boldly the word and saving souls so listen join with them mariomarillo.org you can go to crownoneministries.com or the sanctuary oklahomacity.church which is the sanctuary okc.church but we just appreciate you guys for listening and following along with us and stay tuned we have more interviews coming up in the future and uh listen We're here to link arms. Let's fight this fight together. We don't have to do it by ourselves. So for Rebecca and myself, we love you guys. We appreciate you and hope to see you soon. See you soon.